We're back. Welcome back to DearWokeChristian.com podcast. My name is Jason. I'm your host. I'm the author of Dear Woke Christian. It is a daily blog, sometimes daily, but a daily blog where I'm writing an open letter to Christians who have embraced critical race theory, social justice, or BLM, and they need a way out. They need a, a rescue. So my blog, DearWokeChristian.com, is a kind of like a guy at the end of the row waving a flashlight saying, come this way to get out of that cult of critical race theory. So somebody always asks me, Jason, why do you keep railing against critical race theory? Why do you hate it so much? And I, I don't think it's wrong to say that I despise critical race theory. And I want to explain in detail why. Um, in some future episodes, I'm going to go through why it's a cult. It's a, a, a different religious system. I'm going to address that. But today, I just want to take a second and I want to help you understand why I abominate critical race theory. And I want to challenge you to take your time. Don't get in your feelings and get angry and get mad at me. But take your time. Look at the scriptures. I'm going to tell you where I'm going and I'm going to read it to you. And I'm going to just explain how I translate that passage and why it flies in the face of what our Lord did to save me. But I want you to look at it yourself. I want you to take the time to appreciate God's word enough that you read through it. And don't just read snippets and and, and just because I found the word justice in a passage in Old Testament. Now I know everything. No, no, no. Read the whole thing. So we're going to read quite a big swath of uh, scripture. So we're going to jump into Ephesians chapter 2. And this is Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to read verse 11 through 21. So we're going to get in there. Um, Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus, and he starts this section off with my favorite word, therefore. And I know I told you in episodes past, when you see the word therefore, you jump back and you read what is therefore. And I think it's interesting that the beginning of chapter 2 talks about that we're saved by grace through faith and how our salvation is given to us how do we receive it how do we how do we grab a hold of it and 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 the such so that's what he's explaining in chapter 2 1 through 10 but then he gets to chapter 2 11 and the title of that section is called one in christ one in christ one in christ therefore Remember that one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made by flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ. You were alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenant of promise. So let's go over it again. You're separated from Christ. You're alienated from the church, if you will, or the, the fellowship of other believers. And you're strangers to God's overall covenant. Man, they were in, there were some deep weeds. There were some deep weeds. But watch, it's actually going to get worse. Having no hope and without God in the world. 
So I was separated from God. I was alienated from the commonwealth. I was a stranger to God's covenant. I had no hope in the world and I didn't have God. Woo. So he's, he's built a pretty solid case that these Gentiles were in some bad shape. I believe everybody who took, who takes a second to read that can say, yeah, they were in bad shape. But verse 13, he says, but now in Christ. So all of, you, you've always heard it. You know, it doesn't matter somebody what somebody says. Once they say, but it changes everything. So he just did that. Paul set up five things that were against us. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself, wait, let me go back. Let me go back. Because of course, Gentiles were not able to be a part of the worship of the true God in Israel. So they had to be away from the temple. Even if they, even if they were converts, they couldn't be parts of the fellowship and part of the, of the, uh, the worship of the true God because they were Gentiles. But now, and so Paul said that they used to be far away, but now they've been brought near, not by their works, not because they had enough melanin, not because they had less melanin, not because they repented of the fact that their ancestors had did anything. No, but because of the blood of Christ. Let's keep going. For he himself is our peace. Because remember, we were alienated and, and enemies of God at one point, but Christ is our peace who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. So, the, and, and so this is a twofold discussion. He has given us, Christ has become our peace. And I, I think it's fair to say that that peace is between us and God. And he's made us one flesh between Jews and Gentiles. And he's done it all for us. Now, how did he do it, Jason? By abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that we might, that rather that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace. And might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. So again, the issues that I have with anybody really pales in comparison with the issue that God had with me. But through Christ, both of those issues have been made right. My issue with God, or rather God's issue with me, because I'm a sinner, and my issue with my brothers have been made right through Christ. So any hostility, the hostility that God has toward me, the hostility that I have toward anybody else has been quashed in Christ. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. Notice he preached peace to both the Jews and the Gentiles. Christ gave peace to them. 
they were in the, the fellowship, in the community, but they were not at peace with God because they had not had the Messiah yet. The Gentiles, they were far off, so they were at enmity with the Jews and with God. And we're assuming that the, Gen the Jews were, were cool with one another, so we know that that was probably true too. So peace came in because of Christ. For through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. There's not a separate way for the well-melanated. There's not a separate way for the less melanated. There's not a separate way for anybody. There's just one way through the spirit to the Father. So then you, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens. So he goes back to what he said earlier when he said that they were alienated and they were strangers. You're no longer strangers or aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Remember earlier, we were without hope and without God in the world. Now, not only do we, not only are we um, no longer strangers, no longer aliens, but now we've been brought in, we're citizens of his and citizens with all the other saints in his household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together joins into, into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the spirit. So when you look at this passage in light of just again, take whatever you're taught, take whatever you're reading and compare it to this. This is the fruit of the gospel that we are now one. And in, in, in a previous episode, someone talked about um, the gospel basically is not sufficient. And, you know, just take a second and look at that. Like, is the gospel not sufficient? Is it not? And I want you to read through here and I want you to underline. So your homework is to read um, this passage, um, Ephesians 2, 11 through 21, and underline everything that you have to do, all the imperatives that you have to do. I'm just going to give you a spoiler alert. You're not going to actually need a pen. There's nothing that you did. There's nothing that we do. Christ does it all. Every last bit of it. I mean, well, I guess, you know what? I'm sorry. I take that back. You do bring the sin that needed Christ to uh, cover for you. But after that, that's it. You did bring the hostility. So I guess you could say you brought the hostility. But there's nothing that we do. Everything, all the work, all the, all the action is on Christ, on the Spirit, on the Father. And we are truly just the benefactors. So that's it. And that's why I don't agree with that teaching. That's why I don't agree with that ideology, especially in the Christian church. It, it has no place because we've been given this. And I'll gladly look at any other verse with you and, and any other uh, discussion as it relates to this. But yeah, we have to kick that out of our churches. It need not be there. It has no place. This is Jason again for DearWokeChristian.com podcast. It's a podcast, an open letter to Christians who are caught up in the woke ideologies of critical race theory, social justice, or BLM, and they need a way out. I'm here to help you. I'm here to get you, give you 
hope. And I'll give you that hope is in God's word. Until next time, grace and peace.